inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. You may have recognized that this is not Oscar. My name is Emily Edgeley, and today we have Oscar in the hot seat. What you may not know about Oscar, apart from being the host of this podcast, he has written two books and he has a full-time job as a sales engineer at UbiSecure. His first book, called Create and Deliver a Killer Product Demo, went live in 2018, but at the end of last year, he authored his second book called Rock the Tech Stage, and today... We're going to deep dive into what that book is all about. Welcome, Oscar. Hi, Emily. Yes, it's really great talking with you. We are talking one year ago. Today for you. Yes, it's different. I'm not used to be on this side, but yes, it's going to no. be fun. Absolutely. So people probably don't have a lot of insight into who you are as a person. So I know I'm really curious to understand. Who is the Oscar behind the podcast? Can you take us back a little bit and give us an understanding of what has led you to create the podcast and what led you to create the book? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, going just not, not many years before, I, I was back in Peru. Now I live in Finland. Back in Peru, I was around... How many years already? 2013, more or less, I was... No, sorry. 2004. Oh. <laughs> Even longer. 2004 around, I was already a lecturer in my university for the information system engineering. So I was a lecturer. And I I remember I was one day in the in the book, in the bookshop trying to think, okay, how can I be a better lecturer? And I came across with a book by Dale Carnegie about public speaking. Okay, hmm, that title sounds intriguing. Let's, 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 okay, let's get it. And then I read, and I was really fascinated about the stories of speakers and communicators from history, you know, because that, that book is, I think, was written maybe 100 years ago. So a lot from history. And got me fascinated and, and say, wow, that is so, so interesting stories, how different people, a different type of history were able to for succeed based on communication, effective communication. Then going forward, when I was already in Finland, graduated from my master here, I also, at some point, when I was already working, I started paying attention different times. Now in these times where already places like YouTube, you where you find easily videos. And at that time, it was easy to find videos of uh, the speakers in tech. So I found videos of, at that time, uh, people like Steve Jobs, uh, Guy Kawasaki, Jack Dorsey, and again, what's also very fascinated about how they convey their, their stories for their companies and product success. And shortly after that, I started to analyze why, okay, okay, these guys are doing really great, but why? Let's try to dissect, analyze. And that's how I started doing gradually, little by little, more and more deeply, until I have already some materials that I could use in some short talks or blog posts uh, occasionally. And later it came an idea that, okay, I would like to write a book 
first of all, what about the um, the product demo was the idea. I write I wrote a blog post about product demos that went really good, went very many uh, good uh, good comments. So I decided, okay, let's write a book about this. That was just a a challenge that I put myself to to write a book, and it went first to a um, to an Indiegogo campaign. So I have to pitch myself about the book. Went uh, not the hundred percent I wanted to raise, but I got uh, I think around more than sixty percent. So okay, now I, I continue with this. I will I have not failed, so I will I will do it anyway. Um, and then I I, I published the book, and I was by surprise came all one year later come that that book the the first one you mentioned create and deliver a killer product demo. The the publisher A Press contact me and and they found my book. They funded this Indiegogo campaign and told me. Would you like to republish it under iPress? Okay, let's do it. So we did that 2018, and then they were happy. So they told me, uh, you would like to write an, another book later. So as creating the Libra Killer Pro demo was uh, pretty focused on a specific aspects of product demonstration that only some people do in some occasions. I wanted something that could address a wider audience, and that's how... My idea came with Rock the Tech Stage, bringing the best possible stories about uh, speakers in technology and the tactical advice. So, so it's useful for a more uh, much wider audience. Fantastic, thank you. You seem to get so much done. You have a full time job. You've done two books, and you've got your own podcast. I feel like you could write your own book on how to get stuff done, but. Tell me more about this book that you've recently published then. What does it cover and who is it best suited for? Okay. It's all about purpose, I would say. That's a why. Why take, as you said, take, make, get things done, as you felt. That's a compliment. Thanks. I felt it's because, yeah, there's a purpose. I, I feel that today there are brilliant people that are working in the technology industry for solving the biggest problem we have today in society, in the world. There are many in, you know, in climate crisis, the healthcare, education, inclusivity, etc. So there are right now many people, engineers, working in, in all continents on this. Unfortunately, many will fail, and they will not fail because of, uh, let's say, inferior or weak technology. But most of them will fail because of lack of communication skills, not being able to to present their ideas to potential um, business partners, the government, customers, uh, etc. Um, so presenting technology has to be not only effective, has to be also inspiring. So it's not only important to get your met- message across, but really inspire people. So the one who listen, okay, I get it. And wow, I need to support you. Or I need to spread the word about this. You are doing great, great stuff. I'm going to spread the words about that. So, so yes. So the idea is to take the best from the the best speakers from history and, and from today, and uh, and that's what I brought in the book. The the best stories in the tech industry. So I I did a, I did a research to find the best stories of speakers in the tech industry. And bringing also, of course, the tactical advice how you can put in practice. And anybody. Anybody who is listening to this, anybody can put in practice this for their own success. And I did this book also because I did, I feel I felt that there's no book like that. Yes, I, I felt that there's no book like that that has both the stories of 
successful speakers in tech plus a practical advice. So that's that's what I did. I love it that you, you saw a gap and you went about doing something about solving that gap. And I assume that you took a lot of the tips that you have heard in your is it 150 plus episodes that you've recorded on this podcast? Yeah, it's a bit. At this point, it's 172, I believe. Yes, already. Wow. So it sounds like, from what you were describing, and I've read the book myself, that it's equally as applicable to someone that's within tech and is quite technical mm-hmm. to someone that perhaps is in sales in a technology company, or even someone that is running their own startup. Yeah, that, that's their correct. Own tech startup. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. It's for technical people and also or, or non-technical people who are in the technology arena because uh, like as you say sales people marketing people maybe product people they need to yeah they need to um, influence others about their product and find ways to to communicate uh, technology in a, in a simple way in effective way fantastic so i'm curious i haven't written a book myself and i would assume a lot of your listeners haven't what is the process like of actually writing a book? As in, when you decide to write a book to when it's published, what was involved for you specifically? Yes, of course, first of all, is to find the, the topic. So I, I was, as I say, I had a, the green line from Apress to have a second book. So I was, okay, I want something wider, but how i think the structure or the or the main point is is the first thing you have to define and i was inspired actually with one one book that i i read in the past the book is called speak like churchill stand like lincoln and and this book the author chose also from history some of the best communicators in history until maybe the the 90s i believe Ab- each, each chapter is also a, a, a skill or a tool. Each chapter is a tool skill, like a opener, a prop, or can be a story. So there are so many of these. And and I felt like, okay, let's do a, something similar, inspired on that. So let's focus on a, a set of secrets and let's find the, the best possible stories that support those. And I did that and... I had some like 10, 10 secrets in this, uh, in my proposal for the publisher. And at the end, I had to change a little bit because I found some others were more interesting. Um, and I had to combine others. But that was the, and also bring the tactical advice. So I had to define, first of all, the, the structure, the main, the main point of this, this book. And then the, the course is, is a matter of, in this case, I had to do quite a lot of research because I knew many of these stories, many of these examples about metaphors. I remember some speakers doing amazing data visualizations, but I needed to find more, more and more. So I was sure that I need to do research, finding uh, more of this, and also interview people uh, like you. So I find very interesting people, and I I read their stories, and from these stories also I find discoveries that oh wow, this is super interesting how people enter into this world of speaking in tech completely different paths and some are that wow very new 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 for me as well so i had to do this i did the interviews i had to do the transcription pick the best of each uh, each interview 
And when I, as you said, well, I'm, I've been working all this time in, in a full-time job, so I had to find my way to work in the, um, make a plan for work in the evenings, weekends, some holidays, and gradually. The way I, I work is that I, I'm, I'm aware that I, um, a writer who wants to deliver something good, you have to do several iterations. You have to write one way, one day something as fast as you can, put, put ideas together, then um, print it or have it, forget about it a little bit, then come with a fresh mind, read it again, and start start scratching. And that's without any, <laughs> with, with any, any guilt, start scratching, change. I, I do all the time like that. So I have a lot of this print out that I'm scratching and putting new ideas and yeah so that's a lot of iteration that's how I do and and then well luckily I have a I had had a, a an editor who gave me also ideas telling me okay this is you can improve your structure you could uh, in some part you have to do it more deeper because it's, this is a bit too too vague etc etc so yeah it took me around around one year in, in total including um, the the revisions it took me around one year so that's <laughs> as you've been describing that i was drawing parallels between the process to prepare for a talk it mm. seems very similar in that you have to define the structure and then you need good content and perhaps there's aspects that you need to research and then you're never going to land it in the first go you want to come back and digest it, re-edit it, and get someone else's opinion. So I think there's so many parallels there between the work of pulling a great book together and the work of pulling a great talk together. What has been the response? Have people told you which bits they're loving, the best parts of the book? How have you find the response to the book? Yeah, it's um, definitely good. The book came a bit in no, it's in a not ideal time for releasing a book very soon to to Christmas holidays, so in which people are are super busy, of course, and and looking for preparation for Christmas as well. But yeah, I, I got a, a good uh, buzz at that time, and a lot of people were reading the book, giving comments, etc. So they are different. They're, they're definitely the the feedback has been very positive. People people like it, I like it a lot. I have seen good comments. For instance, one one person uh, praised me about the the simple language that I was using in this book, and 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 something that I, I always aim. I always aim to to use a simple language, both in when I write and when I when I speak, especially in in writing. I believe writing tends to be more abstract. Because speaking for the eye, speaking for the ear are, are different stuff. So you need to understand both. And and I think mm. that especially for writing, one tends to be more more abstract in, in, in that sense. So yeah, I think I achieved that. <laughs> I get some comments about that. Other things that I remember, people told me, oh, that's, that's good that you added. A, there's a chapter about how to do presentations in, in the virtual world. It's called the virtual tech stage. Because I have mm. the 10... The ten, um, the ten secrets that are story, killer, killer demos, metaphor, database, passion, props, presentation hacks, interaction, staging, and memory. And then I have as two additional chapters. One is the virtual tech stage, and the final is get started with the final advice how to start in the in the circuit of of tech 
conference. So the virtual tech stage is something also. Yeah, several people told me, oh, great that you have added this because it's, things have changed. So you have to know how to, <laughs> how to do things in the text, in the virtual stage. Absolutely. I think if, if you had have launched a year earlier, it probably wouldn't really have been something that you would have had to mention. But obviously, because of COVID, it's something that drastically transformed the way that we do give presentations and the way that we attend events. So I'm interested to know, I have a favourite tip in your book, but mm -hmm. what is your favourite section of the book? What's your favourite tip or chapter? Yes, I will mention three of them that I think are the... Yeah, the top that the majority should should pay attention. First of all, it's um, story is super important, uh, as as you know. You you talk a lot about story, and and we have on your on your on the interview we had I interviewed you uh, almost one year ago. The story is is essential. I think it's everybody has to to know about story, read that chapter, and and even read other books about that. Um, one that I was not planning to to add. It was not in, in my original plan, but after interviewing people and also seeing, I connected dots when when saw some videos of of more famous people who are doing great talks. It's about passion, um, and and why passion is important. Because as a speaker, you need to find the the topics you are passionate about. You need to talk about things that really ignite you that make you enthused about talk uh, when when you are talking because think of the people you uh, you have seen and you remember and they you find great speakers most of them are are passionate about their the products there's no there's no doubt and and i discovered that in some of the stories i saw i said okay i i was they found their passion on on the way um because sometimes for work for instance the ones who are working for a company or for an organization, often you have to speak about what is your job, which not always is something you are super passionate. I mean, no, there are both cases. And sometimes you have to speak something that it's your duty, it's important, but there is more challenging to, I would say it's much more challenging if you don't have the passion into into that. Um, so if, if you are going to start speaking or start thinking of my next talks, if I already start speaking, try to find the, something that really interests you, yeah. and and that's for that it's important to to find the intersection between what you like in technology, what you are already good, you know a lot about that, so you you, you can really tell your experience, your expertise, but also um, what are your other interests outside outside the work? So what are your other interests? Uh, some people like uh, running marathons. Some people like uh, can be gardening, can be nature, uh, can be many things, many, many things. Can try to think anything else that you spend your time in, in enjoying that. So try to find a way to combine that with the with the technology that you you want to you want to present. That will help you to to find those those talks. So yeah, so you have to talk if you can only on on, on topics that you you really care about that you are you're passionate about that so that's about passion and interaction is also very important especially nowadays with the with the virtual virtual stage the virtual tech stage you, we need to 
it's more difficult to interact. It's, it's much more difficult. I think everybody at this point had enough experience to to realize that it's it's, it's more difficult. You don't see the audience. Um, sometimes you depends how you set up, for instance, your uh, your video conference tool. Sometimes you only see yourself, it's, or or you only see the the slides, for instance. Every tool is different, so interaction is 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 very important. And in the book, I mentioned interaction in both face to face when you see your audience and also in the in the virtual presentations. So we need more interactions now yeah, for for the for the virtual stage because people are typically when they are listening to you, they have been already spending many hours already doing some other work in front of a computer. So it's no, thirty more minutes or one more hour to being in front of the computer. So yeah, it's it's you have to break the pattern there, make it more interesting, and make sure that they they follow you. And one more, one more, I would like to say is it is more advanced, but I think it's it's very very useful. It's about metaphors. Metaphor for it. I have a chapter about metaphors in which I had compiled the metaphors I remember for from the tech industry. And also, I, I I discover a few a few more. For instance, uh, I start my chapter metaphor with a with a quote by Mark Benoff, that who is the founder and CEO of, of Salesforce. He said, "Relate your product to something that is current and relevant, and that everyone understands." So, metaphors are are needed because of that. Because technology is always something new, all the time, new things. You hear something. And what is that? And when you want to understand it, some sometimes it's, it's, it's super hard. So you need to connect with something you already know. And there are so many interesting examples. I can I can give one example. For instance, there is a TED, TED talk in 2014 by cybersecurity expert Karen Elazari. Um, and the metaphor here is the internet's immune system. So what is the internet's immune system? So she said that why hackers? Hackers are the are this internet's immune system. Why? Because sometimes they make us sick, but they also find those hidden threats in our words and they make us fix it. So yes, finding this these metaphors. Oh, the internet's immune system is 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 something that will stick in your mind because you will uh, you will paint a picture when you when you hear that. So that's the power of of metaphor. There are so many in in the book, and and you hear from from time to time good metaphors. Those are the main uh, main points, main main topics. I would say uh, story. If you want to hear a story, actually, you get you go to the episode one hundred fifty four with Emily Edgeley, who is interviewing today. Uh, so she talks about storytelling in tech industry. So there's a lot of that. And as I said, metaphor, passion, and interaction. That would be my top uh, to pay attention today. Wonderful. Such, such good tips. There are so many good tips in your book. But if I would pick one of them, the most interesting tip for me was when you talk about how if you want to get into the world of being a, a public speaker, that it's actually a good tip to start blogging. I 
to be honest, I'd never thought about that and I would have never recommended that to anyone in the past. But I'm absolutely going to now because you're completely right. It's such a safe way of getting to know a topic area and becoming an SME and building a personal brand around that area and understanding and dissecting it from different angles. So I thought that that was a fantastic tip and something that I haven't seen before. So that was that was it for me. One question for you, Oscar. What do you think the biggest misconception is about rocking the tech stage? What is it that you see that people do do incorrectly or perhaps that they don't quite get right yeah that's i will mention a few a few points here one is i already refer back to being abstract so it's 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 about education actually i mean if you if you are from engineering remember what are the main assignments about writing or communicating yourself are those some of these research papers at some point we we do and the beginning of these papers are the abstract. So we learn somehow a, w- uh, a way of communicating, a way of expressing an idea that is, is is valid for the research, but it's it's not good for yeah for business or for for most of the other cases is is not for one to one conversation is 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 not good. And we tend to somehow use that that uh, that mindset of uh, expressing ourselves. Um, being very very abstract so the best way to to beat this is to to put concrete examples stories concrete examples concrete stories so people ah okay now i understand how this technology that still i don't understand at least and uh, at least i get an idea what in which a real scenario is is doing how is what is a problem that is facing in a real person and, and how is how will fix it in a way so that's one thing that being too abstract is is this typical is super typical in in most of tech talks you will see that it's it's, it's still overwhelmingly um, popular I would say. I completely agree. By the way, I know exactly what you're talking about, and <laughs> I think the best speakers will take a topic and take that abstract view of a topic and translate it into something that they have understood and is in language that other people will then understand. And that's where, as you say, you you end up using metaphors and analogies yourself or you use stories or you relate to something that you understand. So it makes perfect sense to then share that with people when you're on stage rather than going back to a industry definition of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But that requires that well, you learn it on, on the way or someone tells you, right? Because it's, as you said, it's, Unconsciously, most of uh, technical people will will go in the abstract way because haven't seen other way, haven't realized of that. Another thing is when you are given a a talk, let's say, um, yeah, okay, now you have to give a talk in one month or two months. Uh, most people, what what they do, how I start, I start uh, clicking PowerPoint, an empty an empty slide, start creating everything there. So that's a uh, yeah, that's that's a suicide. Um, yeah, that's, the best way is to start pen and paper, or well, in even however you want to see it, even it's digitally. But yeah, scratching, putting your ideas, first ideas, main main point. Visually, try to see the structure, and when you have already some structure with some good points, 
and the examples then go to PowerPoint if you are going to use PowerPoint. But that's typical. Starting with PowerPoint and, and getting, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> going astray there <laughs> in PowerPoint. <laughs> I love the way that you describe that. It's suicide. It's so correct. I feel like people don't use PowerPoint for the way it was originally intended, mm-hmm. which is to support what's being said verbally with something visual. Mm-hmm. So, yes, go go and write it out on pen and paper or if it is on your laptop, get a view in your mind before you go to slides. Yeah, there are many ways to that. Some people use the storyboards. I don't know if you use the storyboards for your, for your presentations, uh, Emily. I don't actually use storyboards. I used to, but I very much use one visual view of my structure mm-hmm. on a, on yes. one page before I go to then mapping out my talk in a bit more detail before I go to slides. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't use storyboards either, but I do something like, like you are talking about, trying to find a pen and paper way to to have a clear structure before before continuing with the more details. And one last thing about the misconceptions about uh, speaking in tech is the the use of acronyms and buzzwords. So words that, yeah, others will learn. We just not understand. We're going to be, oh, people believe, okay, I understand, but not not really. And, and it's they're completely unnecessary. Well, acronyms, some of them are, you have to use them. Some of them who are completely widespread that everybody understand yeah that's okay but the majority of acronyms are, are unnecessary so to me and, and buzzwords of course trendy words that okay people talk about this bleeding edge or this kind of uh, next generation or this oh my god <laughs> and <laughs> uh, that's that's crazy so that that comes to my uh, what i say earlier also i, I aim to use uh, simple language as much as i can yeah it's it is a bit of a misconception I know when I read that people actually do prefer very simple language I think it's even language that would suit something like a a child Mm. that's actually the easiest thing to comprehend and in a talk you want to go with clarity first rather than complexity or trying to be you know interesting you definitely want your message to come across clear that's your most important job One question, in your book I was really pleased to see that you interviewed a mix of males and females. However, when you do generally go to events, the speakers are predominantly male, especially in the tech industry. Do you have any thoughts or tips on how to get more women to be speaking on the stage? Sure, sure, that's true, and 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 you are right. You notice, know and, and I did intentionally that I interview as many women possible, and also fun e- examples, because I I wanted, of course, encourage encourage women to by seeing these other examples. As I said, I I get inspired by seeing other people, great great communicators, and and I I want the same that women see uh, great examples, and there are many actually in my book, many many, and get inspired to to do the same. And I mean, there are several reasons why why women don't do this, but how we can help everybody can help into that. I would say the organizer have to put more more effort into that. Have to intentionally find. I don't know if putting a quota or just spending more time on on searching for themselves. 
in Byte. For instance, I, I, I co-organized one, one meetup called uh, Sales Engineering Finland Meetup. And I always aim to have at least one woman there. And sometimes I had more. And it's a bit trickier, of course, it's trickier to find uh, because it has to be guests who, who work in the technology arena. So it's, there are less women, that's correct, but I uh, always do my best to, to have more. It's, I think it's much more interesting. And also I noticed that if you invite w- more women, people see more women in the, in the lineup. Well, more women will come to, to the event. So I noticed that. <laughs> so it's a win, win, win for organizers, I would say. So organizers have to, have to put some effort into that. And for women, I would say that, yeah, jump to the pool. That's, it's just, it's one thing. And try to pick also challenging topics and, and, and find people who will, will support you. Like, like Emily, for instance, you work a lot with, with women speakers in, in tech. So there will be people who will, um, support you into that. So, uh, I mean, for instance, count myself as well. If you, if you, if you want some, um, some encouragement, some um, advice, guidance. So I'm always happy to to help into that. But yeah, picking also uh, challenging topics um, because that will force you to to be uh, to feel that you are you can take the the leading the leading spots in a in a conference. No? So just to force yourself to to pick also challenging topic, I think it's good. Fantastic. And you have a lot of amazing women that you've interviewed on your podcast as well. So where can people purchase the book? So if they're keen on getting their hands on a copy, where can they find it? Oh, first of all, it's in the, in the website of my, uh, my publisher, which is apress, apress.com. So you can find it there. The book is available both in, uh, in paperback and in uh, electronic way. So and as well, you can find in, in a big number of, of web shops, bookstores, such as Amazon and, and many others. So I, I think you, you will find almost in every, in many countries, you will find uh, the book in, in the online stores. So it should be, shouldn't be difficult to find it. So just <laughs> search it and, <laughs> and, and you find. Uh, Fantastic. So to finish up, Oscar. Can you share with the listeners a favorite quote that you have? Sure, and I will go back to that that first book that inspired me in the in public speaking by Dale Carnegie. So one quote from Dale Carnegie: He said, "Speakers who talk about what life has taught them never fail to keep the attention of their listeners." And, and, and that's the reason, that's about passion, for instance. Yeah. If you are passionate, people will feel that energy and yes, will, will be there paying attention to you. So that's. Uh, I love, I love <laughs> that quote. It's a favorite of mine as well. What about a book that you love? Do you have an all time favorite book apart from the one you've just written? Yeah, that's quite many, quite many. It's hard, hard questions for. But one of the relatively recent books, one of the latest book that I finished, because this is a bit long book, <laughs> is by, I don't know, I will show you the, you can see a little bit. So the book is oh, I've heard of that. by Philip Collins. He's a speech writer. And the title is, When They Go Low, We Go High. 
species that shape the world and why we need them. Um, that that phrase, when they go low, we go high, is uh, is by uh, Michelle Obama in a in a speech, in a political speech actually. And uh, this book is all about speeches from from history. It goes from the ooh, from from the very ancient times, talk about the ancient uh, Rome until until very recently. Well, Michelle Obama, for instance, or something. Very, very recently, and I think it's important because it shows how how really need these speeches, people who who talks about the important problems in society and and show their ideas. So I think it's it's a super important important book uh, to read and with fascinating wow. stories from history. Yeah, that would be fascinating. Thank you. I'll have to read that one. So lastly, what? daily routine do you have that you could share with listeners that help them to shine yeah one one that i is super important and i have to do more of this but i'm i'm doing as, as much as I can is is speaking in front of a camera just for yourself i mean sometimes you are in a in a meeting uh, your job meeting or um you have a talk from time to time but try to also uh speak in front of the camera and record yourself and see it, watch it and listen to it. Um because that's that's the way we're communicating for for the time being is 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 very, very important now. So record yourself. Um just practice very short stories. You can record for instance um something that is one, two minutes. Do it just a short story, the the best the best you can do it. Maybe your pitch, short pitch. Um Explanation, explain something, explain explain a, a concept in one, two minutes. Yeah, so just doing these exercises. You can also do it, of course, just, just the recording, the, the audio, but I would say in, for these times, uh, seeing how you perform in video is, is very important. You have to do regularly so so you see the your weakest points and, and, and improve. So next time you're doing better and better. Oh, such a good tip. I think if people feel nervous about presenting, the best step that they can take is to start to be comfortable themselves. Once they get to a place where they're comfortable themselves and they've iterated, then they will truly feel more confident to let other people see them. Wonderful. Well, it's been really interesting, Oscar, to get to know you a little bit more and get to know the person behind the podcast. And your book has so many practical tips and it's a very easy read. It's 110 pages or so. And so I would say if anyone hasn't read the book yet and they are looking to be a speaker or they want to become a better speaker, check out Oscar's book, Rock the Tech Stage. Thanks, Oscar. Thank you so much. It was very uh, <laughs> very fun talking with you. Thank you for, for the questions. And yeah, it was fascinating talking all this with you. And I'm sure we'll be talking uh, more in the future. So uh, all the best. Anyway. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com Until next time...